Oh, it has been forever. We had Christmas. We had me moving house. Sorry, compounds. Uh, we had the Australian bushfires. And now, of course, we've got COVID-19. So I'm recording today from my little lounge room with the fabulous comedian and writer, Brianna Williams, in her living room in Melbourne. Yes. <laughs> um, hello and thank you, self-isolator. Oh, thank you, fellow self-isolator. And may I just say I commend us both on self-isolating. It's been a couple of weeks of me yelling in my living room about people trotting off to St Kilda Beach. <gasps> I saw your, your post about that. It made me pretty furious. Like imagine risking getting a pandemic virus to hang out at St Kilda Beach, arguably the worst beach in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry, Melbourne people, but I did think when I saw those photos of hundreds and hundreds of people on St Kilda Beach, it's like, it's only St Kilda. It'll still be there. It'll still be just oh. as shit when this is all over. And you don't need to apologise to me. I'm from Perth originally, so oh. you can imagine my disregard for the beaches on the east coast that I've seen thus far. If you're from the west coast, basically any beach that doesn't have a have a sunset over it, what losers we yeah. are over here. Being from Perth as I am, it is shocking to me whenever I see that many people on a Melbourne beach. Nothing compares to what we have over west. Um, so, yes, just stay at home. It's all right. Just stay at home. It's fine. Just stay at home. Everyone, stay the fuck at just home. Just stay at home. Yeah. Stay the fuck at home. And speaking of beautiful things, who are we talking, who are we talking about today? Tell me your stupid name. Tell me your stupid name. So when you sent me the list of sort of potential topics, I mm. could not move past this person. I have a bee in my bonnet about wellness bloggers. Oh, my God, same. It is a at, at best an industry of people who are really, really well-meaning, who maybe are qualified in nutrition or diets, that sort of thing. Huge, huge respect for people who want to make other people's lives better. But it is at worst a predatory industry that preys particularly on women um, and particularly on people who are so vulnerable, they have found nowhere else to turn. And you don't ever see this kind of wellness aimed at men. Uh, you see this kind of wellness kind of really, really aggressively marketed towards women. Know, and with men, it's basically, are you unhappy with your penis size? Yes, here's a fake fix. Yes, <laughs> here's a fake fix. <laughs> And it might be packaged differently. It might be packaged with like shark semen. This will help you come better, gentlemen. There is nothing that shark semen can't do. Obviously, we're both being paid out by big shark semen. Um, <laughs> I'm in the pocket of shark semen. But it is it is an industry where people seem to speak with authority about things that they don't know much about, which is something I'm thinking about a lot at the moment, given that we are in the middle of a global pandemic where there is a lot of unknowns. There's a genuine amount of unknowns, even by experts. And the amount of kind of misinformation I can see people tweeting. But at the same time, I can understand people needing to find answers when we're all experiencing so much anxiety about this stuff. And that, that kind of stuff is what people like Teal Swan prey on, people who need to find answers because they can't find them anywhere else. And Teal Swan is an example of, like, before everyone was self-isolating, there's always a lot of questions. I get asked a lot of questions about cults, Brianna, and <laughs> um, one of them is, are there any online ones? And this is the one that is brought up most often. And I, my jury is still out. I think that Teal Swan would love to be called a cult leader. I think she genuinely thrives on that kind of controversy. But usually my answer is, yeah, like a lot of people, and I use the phrase self-isolate on their computers <laughs> and they only feel like, you know, that's their community, not any actual physical community. Mm. And so now that, you know, it feels a little bit apocalypsy and people are isolated and do need that human connection my prediction mm. you heard it heard it here with a massive glass of wine first uh, <laughs> is that teal swan's style of inverted commas community is going to fucking thrive in this environment i could not agree with you more mm. i think we're going to see 
not just the rise of Teal Swan, but a lot of Teal Signets, people imitating her. Yeah, Not everybody on. has Teal's cascading waterfall of deep mahogany hair, though. She does have very good hair. In a second, I'm going to read you the description of her from her website. But, but we have to assume she wrote herself, right? As if she would let anybody else. Um, <laughs> so, but my own, first I'll get how each of us would describe her. And I would, my description would be an online wellness blogger who is completely addicted to three main things. Mm-hmm. Controversy, appearing to be spiritual, yes. and celebrity. She is absolutely addicted to attention and will use any combination of the first two, controversy and assumed spirituality, to get it. (laughs) I I would agree that she herself is addicted to all of those things. But she's also probably addicted to social media. I think she's found a way to really jag the system for her own benefit. Um, and is that way just always having her head down one side of her neck? It's her brand. Yes. It, it's her brand. It's very spiritual looking, I have to say. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, I she's, she's hot as fuck, but I think many of her men followers, that's a massive draw card. I'm not sure what side of your face that your hair is down right now, but I assume it's the correct side. <laughs> um, every, every side. I'm not sure if you're watching Tiger King at the moment. <gasps> oh, my God, I just finished it last night. Oh, my God. Uh, my partner and I up to episode three. I was looking at Doc Antle and I was and I couldn't help but think, I couldn't help but wonder, <laughs> like why don't men always like him who are kind of like him who in personality and look and kind of I think style of managing people that manage to sort of make these cults and I'm talking of course about gentlemen who for whatever reason might not be conventionally magnetic but are to a certain kind of person and I'm, sorry. Have- I'm just gonna interrupt <laughs> that I love that you describe someone with waist-length gray hair a massive beer gut and an eternal khaki hat as <laughs> Not conventionally magnetic. I was thinking about the guy that ran um, Nexium. Keith Ranieri. Yeah, and, and I got like a similar kind of vibe from him. You can see that this, this person is probably kind of a nerd and we're brought up to believe that nerds don't have power or don't have charisma. It just shows the erotic power of the tiger. EPT, as people call it. EPT, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the background of Teal, I'm going to talk. I'm going to. This is how she is described on her own website. Teal Swan, international speaker and best-selling author, is a survivor of severe childhood abuse. Look, we got. It's going to get difficult as we discussed before we started recording. It's going to get difficult, but there is. However much of Teal's stuff you believe or not, yes. You can guarantee that she's going to use it for for attention. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, international speaker and best-selling author is a survivor of severe childhood abuse. Today, having integrated her own harrowing life experience, she inspires millions of people around the world towards truth, oh, authenticity, no, freedom, oh, no, and joy, fine. Teal Swan's worldwide following has given her the moniker, and I think Teal just learned the word moniker, uh, the mirror. She has earned this moniker because when you step in front of her, you see the truth of yourself and the truth of the universe. That's um, bullshit. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Here's the thing about Teal. In my opinion, she does not tell the truth. But she does so in a way that, it, like, you can't disprove what she says. You can't yes, disprove the fact that she has access to the Akashic Records, which is every thought that's oh. ever been thunk. You can't disprove that. It's just clearly bullshit. To, like, assert that you have that kind of power is just the most, like, it's not, a, it's beyond kind of arrogance. It's just annoying. Like, it's just the yes. most. Yes. It surpasses arrogance into annoying. That's so well yeah. put. 
there's two things that we should also mention before we go much further. Nobody mm. can talk about Teal Swan with any authority without listening to the Gizmodo podcast, The Gateway, which I just thoroughly recommend. Yes. Did you just chew through that like nobody's business? Within about maybe four days, I'd finish oh, the whole thing. My yeah. God, it really helps you understand why her followers follow her and it also mm. makes you shout in the middle of the street or in the middle of your room if you're self-isolating oh my god you're so annoying she is she's so annoying yeah she has this voice that's kind of if people don't know vocal fry which is when you kind of like on your throat like that um and it's technique employed by some like I think some radio announcers because it adds a sense of um casualness but generally look as a I studied music theater a long time ago a cult of its own and it's like it's seen as one of the you know deadliest sins you can do for your throat but it it does lend a sort of quality particularly to a female voice um she's that exact midpoint between ASMR and uh shitting me to tears yes but there's a bit where she claims that she's the entire universe inside a female body and I was like you are it's like an Instagram poem written by the most annoying like rupee cower imitator in the world (laughs) but there's not even room for all the rocks in there yeah (laughs) that's again it's bullshit the other thing that I need to mention as well is that she does specialize in the customer's she most wants to attract uh, people who are feeling suicidal. So that's mm. a little bit of a trigger warning. If you're not in a great place, then might not be the episode for you. But also she makes claims that make me a little bit angry about mm. her own abuse. Mm-mm. And I just sort of want to address that where you – Absolutely should believe people who report abuse and women, children, men, anyone, and then when those things are believed, they get investigated and that did Mm. happen with Teal and it's really uncomfortable and it feels weird saying it but there's there's no evidence based on anything she said and this all came up through repressed memory theory and we'll go into that later as well but it is just that weird uncomfortable place where you say okay she had gone from reporting this stuff having it investigated and then Mm. investigators just going well we cut there is nothing there is Mm. actually zero that shows that this is true and the case was closed yeah, well, the so the percentages of cases of abuse being reported that are not true are very, very low. And there's a far larger percentage of cases of abuse not being reported or spoken about at all because yes. of, you know, because of the resulting trauma of just reporting it and having to relive it and having people not believe you. Um, and, yeah, whilst we, like, we don't know, for sure what happened, of course. And it's not up to us to decide whether or not that part of what she said is true. I have no doubt entirely that she is, unfortunately, a very unwell person herself. I know. And I don't don't talk about this personally very often, but I have had my own share of depression um, and quite bad periods. And like a lot of people that we know, particularly that work in our industry, I do have um like a lot of anxiety day-to-day anxiety um that is the result of like not just uh things in my life but also you know just a generalized sense of anxiety and that's and a lot of people do live with that but what frustrates me about Teal Swan is that when you are in that very deep dark place you will literally do anything you can to try and feel better or you are desperately seeking some answer to the problem that presents itself to you. And with her presenting the stuff that she does to these extremely vulnerable people, um, it's a huge act of manipulation and malice almost that yeah. I think is quite unforgivable. I just think um, if, you, if you claim that you're going to help people who are suicidal with absolutely no qualification training, arguably not, not a demonstrable success rate, then I think you should avoid also selling merch. 
Yes. Just a thought. Imagine capitalising off people's depression so that you can sell merchandise. Imagine. But she's got such nice dresses, Brianna. Such nice dresses. She's beyond reproach, some of the stuff that she's said and done. I agree. And I'm just going to say, even though it's not up to us to say whether or not uh, the claims of abuse that we're going to later, uh, true, she hasn't done herself any favours in believability in a boy who cried wolf sense. It's so hard to wade through so much of her other bullshit that it is actually impossible to tell what's true and what isn't. A lot of manipulation of her own story as well as the stories of others. Yes. Um, and that's what the Gizmodo podcast is so good at capturing as well as the stories of people who've been affected by her. I yes. think that's really, really important. Yeah. And if we do go back, she was she was born Mary Teal Bosworth, which I don't know, it sounds like a brand of maple syrup. Um <laughs> In 1984, but she grew up in Logan in Utah. And usually with these cult leaders, I try and find interesting facts about the place they grew up. And okay. no, it's uninteresting. Well, it is home to the Utah Festival Opera and the very excellently okay. named Ellen Eccles Theatre. Great. Um, I just think if you're going to be called Ellen Eccles, try to get a theatre named after you. That's a great name. And Teal felt like she didn't belong because she wasn't Mormon. Right. Um, yes, of course. So Utah does have a huge proportion of people who are of Mormon faith. Is that right? Massive. She says she was bullied because she was so different and she was hypersensitive and that her fellow students didn't understand that she could hear colours and, I don't know, probably smell visions. And she said that she noticed that her classmates didn't notice when an entity walked across the room like she did. Wow. Do do you think she was bullied because she was annoying? Look, I will say that I am not really a believer in ghosts. There's lots of people who are really empathetic or sensitive that can maybe pick up on stuff that doesn't feel so good. I used to work at a high school that had quite an old building in it and that was said to be haunted. And whilst I worked I at a believe- nightclub that was supposed to be haunted. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of who haunted that nightclub? It was previously a mortuary, so yeah. Uh- Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not a believer, but I'm also a believer in people's terrifying stories. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I respect that. It is very normal for kids to feel not normal. School is a weird time for children. And as as even a child that demanded attention, I was a, well, I still am, a (laughs) a twin, so I got super addicted to attention. And you do find ways to get it. And a lot of the things that Teal says about her childhood feel familiar to me. (laughs) You will push the truth a little bit. Absolutely. I grew up, uh, by the time I was in like late primary school, early high school, that was when like the craft and that sort of rise of like cool wicker was coming in. I still am light as a feather and coincidentally (laughs) stiff as a board. Same. (laughs) So, yeah, we had a lot of people purporting to be able to see each other's auras or like doing love spells or curse spells on other girls in the school. And And that's just fun. But yeah, yeah, the thing that shits me is when people, as so they so often do, go, Oh, I can see your grandmother. Step off, bitch. No, you can't. You know, and, and that's the thing. I'm fully supportive of anyone who has those beliefs I think to lots of people it is uh like essentially it's a religion but it's there's got to be some consent to coming into someone else's life that's the thing believe what you want to believe but don't bring grandma into it yeah. you don't don't think <laughs> don't pretend that you who haven't met her knows more about her than me so I think she's really tapped into this kind of declarative earnest well, she doesn't even narrow it down. She just goes, oh, shamanism, I'll have a bit of that. Oh, the Akashic Records, I'll have a bit of that. Uh, ritual yeah. cult abuse, I'll have a bit of that. Like, she has this compulsion where she has to have had a more earnest and spiritual connection to anything you mention than you have. She always has to be right and tell you you're wrong and that uh, she's the most, she's the bit, oh, my God, she's the Donald Trump of velvet wearing <laughs> spiritual healers. <laughs> Holy shit. We just cracked it. Oh, 
God, you've you've done it. You've done it. And again, someone who I would not expect to be so charismatic that they would become the president of the United States. But yeah. here we are. She has to be the best, the most ever. You're wrong. Let me tell you about my experience person. There's a real self-absorption to Oh my God, absolutely. Again, this kind of declarative um spirituality that's so earnest and so performed yeah performed yes the frustration I can hear you having with her is the exact same I just was so irritated by her and I just couldn't take anyone like that I met in real life seriously but then I wonder if there is some kind of like Australian disconnect here because you know there is that often spoken about thing where it's like Americans are so much more earnest than Australians. And we're just bloody larrikins, mate. Yeah, this kind of like um, self-talk that Americans are so good at and like, you know, in Australian culture I think it's a lot harder for us to be vulnerable. And I I think if you take the use of the word cunt across both um, cultures, (laughs) that's a thing. If I I call my best mate Russ, like his nickname – for me is cunt and my nickname for him is cunt because it's affectionate. Yeah. But, I uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the US earnestness means, oh, my God, you can't call people that. And I think yeah. Teal has what a lot of, because in my, is she, is she not a cult leader? One of the things she mm. has in common with almost every cult leader is that she has no sense of humour. Right. Everything is so serious. So serious. No, I, I, I can't I could not handle spending time with someone like that in real life. I'd want to, but only so then I could bitch about it to other people. <laughs> yeah. That's really a big driver in my life. Okay. Right. She calls herself the spiritual catalyst and a personal transformation revolutionary. But she's been nicknamed the suicide catalyst by her detractors, of which there are many. Yes. And this is partly because... One of the main things that she claims is that she Mm. can help people who are suicidal. And I, it is one of the things I think, like a lot of cult leaders offer something that is helpful, but then everything else they're offering is kind of shit. And Mm. I will give her credit for this. Teal Swan provides a community of people who will understand other people who are feeling suicidal because they have been there and mm-hmm. through her online stuff, I think more than her in-person seminars and things, she provides a place for those people to feel like they belong that will talk mm-hmm. openly, more openly about suicide than perhaps their friends or family will. But she also says According to her, and that's fine, she's, she says she's attempted suicide four times and I've got no reason not to believe that. But she uses that to say that she understands suicidal people way more than any mental health professional could. Because a, a mental health professional wants to take you out of the suicide and tell you that those suicidal feelings are wrong. And but- also <laughs> they just want to throw medication at you. And I'm just like, she... She seems to have not progressed from a 1980s understanding of what a mental health professional does. Or what medication is. (laughs) Yes. It's been a long time since people have said that feeling suicidal is wrong. It's not fun or great. No. But it's not wrong it, the way she puts it is quite convincing that's the thing yes. the, the neatly packaged kind of way she describes the problem with the modern way of dealing with depression and it's so dangerous <laughs> yeah because she even though she I think she's been forced a bit her hand has been forced and she now has to include references to suicide hotlines and things in a lot of her videos where she talks about suicide but at the same time when she's talking about it she no one understands suicidality like she does suicidality I know I had to look it up and I was so depressed to discover that it's a proper word 
these kinds of simple phrases to someone who is depressed and feeling suicidal. And again, I don't want to speak on anyone else's experience because at the end of the day, she does. She wants to. Yes. Well, that's the big difference between me and Teal Swan. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's so many, I promise you. But it's just, it's that kind of offering simplicity and peace to a mind that might be tumultuous or, um, or like at, at rage or intensely upset. And that's the thing about depression and anxiety is that it is going to create a lot of chaos inside your brain and a lot of chaos inside your body. I think it's intensely personal for each different person. And so then to offer these kinds of like all-knowing, all-seeing kind of quotes that can be neatly printed onto an Instagrammable background with a picture mm. of her very beautiful face next to it, is so dangerous because it offers this kind of like ointment or balm to something that unfortunately takes a long time to recover from and is complex and is hard. Yeah, and she, I think she's a short-term feel-better person mm. and there's no doubt I give her credit for, you know, people that are Googling and she has professionals doing search engine optimization to actually make sure that her videos, her YouTube videos come up mm. um, when people are Googling I want to kill myself, which Jesus. is. Ugh. That but, is so scary. It's so scary. But she does offer people a place to discuss how they feel, but it's not an alternative to proper help. No. I mean, I wonder how many of her followers are seeking that alongside watching her videos and kind of receiving that maybe soothing moment for however long her YouTube lectures go for. Yeah, I feel like she's this kind of like one note narrow solution. I, I can't describe to you how sinister I found some of what she was saying in this no. in the podcast I listened to. And, and she just and even needs to not be the only thing that people do. But that's not how cult leaders operate. They need to become everything to that person. Um, she wants to be the Oprah Winfrey of suicidal ideation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because she has said things like suicide is like pressing the reset button and you have to either commit to life and commit to death. Her detractors certainly like to take some of her catchphrases and use them out of context. But at the same time, I think the attention seeker in Teal loves having detractors. She says things like she's the only spiritual leader that has to have bodyguards. And it's like, that's not even close to being fucking true. Oh, yeah. The Dalai Lama just walks to McDonald's. He's fine. The Pope is uh, not protected by anything. Maybe she means. Of all the beautiful spiritual leaders. No, that's true. The Pope's not hot. I don't find yeah. him hot. Notoriety to her gives her just as much of a hard on as legitimate yeah. celebrity. Can we talk about the marriage that uh, we broke up? Wow. So a couple, like a married couple where the guy became quite a hardcore follower of hers and he was so depressed mm. and remained depressed probably because he wasn't getting professional help. Then she said um, that the reason he remains so depressed is because he's in this kind of dysfunctional marriage. She said the vibrations between them weren't right and never would be. She was pregnant. His wife was pregnant. Yes. What a dog. But the vibrations aren't right. And didn't they already have a kid together? Yeah, I think so. And also he left his job without telling his pregnant wife. That's right. She called the office to see where he was and he and the boss was like, oh, he quit six weeks ago. Six weeks. Yeah, he's gone. It's that kind of, like, chaotic power. There's a part of me that wonders if she did that just so she could see if she could do it. But we also have, like, fictional T-shirts for every episode, and I think the first one for this episode has to be chaotic power. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or conventionally magnetic. Yeah. Oh, conventionally magnetic on the front and chaotic yeah. power on the back. Yeah, great. Perfect. It's a 2020 energy. There is a chaotic power here. Look, ladies, if if your man leaves you because a wellness guru from YouTube has told them that they don't vibrate on the same frequency as you, you are doing yourself a favor by no longer being with that person. You are better off. 
Do not look back. Also, you get to get those shit paintings out of your house, which I'll go into. Okay, so we've got we've got this beautiful attention seeking uh, wellness guru who specialises in trauma, healing trauma. She has search engine optimization to get people involved via the internet and YouTube in particular. She also holds some retreats and things. She has a retreat in Costa Rica called Philia. Take me to your compound. So some of the sessions and seminars are one-on-one. One of the main, so the, this therapy that she invented, cough, borrowed heavily from other people, <laughs> was a thing called the completion process, which is very, very much like the practices in Nexium. It's like the practices in Scientology. It's like, it's pretty much, I think, basic Jungian therapy. And I read it, there was an article in Refinery29 that says, because I think we're about to go into the repressed memory stuff, but she said, Swan appears to have been so influenced by repressed memory work that she has even developed her own version of Barbara Snow's process by combining it with Carl Jung's shadow work and has deemed it the completion process. This process has a person reenacting a moment or interaction from their childhood to uncover the root of one's current pain and resolve it and you can actually you can do a course and become a certified completion process practitioner Completer. which yeah. costs you money it's not very original it's like let's find out what bothers you and talk about it it's revolutionary really this is the kind of therapy that you see them do in the sitcoms right like a lot of people think <laughs> is what therapy kind of looks like. There's a scene in 30 Rock as well where Jack Donaghy plays out all of (laughs) Tracy Morgan's, like, relatives and stuff. And it's that idea of, like, I imagine there has to be some kind of, like, truth to it in a way because it's... Oh, absolutely. But it seems so um, clunky and so impersonal as well. Like, if someone got up and pretended to be, like, my mum... I would probably laugh at them. Like, I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, your mum really funny? She's hilarious. But yeah. um, You're I talking wish- about the role play thing that she does where people have to be, pretend to be yeah, the, like- the root cause. She's not doing anything new. And the big point is that she's not doing anything that you can't get from someone who's actually being trained and qualified properly. Right, yes, that's that's difficult, isn't it? But this is the end of the world we live in. We have people learning how to do makeup off tutorials instead of, you know, paying someone at Mac to do it at the How dare you? That's how I learned how to do a smoky eye. Here's the thing about attention seekers Mm. who have made their name in helping people, inverted commas, address trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. You're missing a whole massive part of the market where people haven't experienced any trauma, uh, but they have money to spend. So what can you do? Oh, I know. You can just tell them that they've forgotten their trauma. Mm, Yes. And then you have expanded your market to include everybody. This is where... Uh, and I hope, hopefully, we've set the stage so we don't sound like assholes anymore. This is where we get into the repressed memory stuff, and a therapist called Barbara Snow. Yes, and one of the I think my absolute favorite episode of the Gateway Podcast, which I mean, you and I both recap shows sometimes, and I don't want to turn this episode of Zealot into a recap of the Gateway Podcast. But oh my god, you have to listen. Gizmodo owes money for this amount of oh, slamming it. Checks in the mail. <laughs> the episode where they go into the whole satanic panic thing, which we're going to recap really briefly now, is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I am older than you, and I was young when the satanic panic was happening. Yes, and I listened to backmask records and tried to hear the satanic messages, and I. I'd every pentagram with suspicion. Was it really felt over here? Can you remember oh, this thing on the news and stuff? 
A bit, yes. And like anything, we had the tendrils of it and I was at a super impressionable, didn't know anything, primary school kind of age where I just went, oh, this must be true because it's in front of me. No critical thinking skills whatsoever. Not like now. So in a nutshell, everyone was concerned about satanic cults, despite Mm. the fact that barely any satanic cults existed. They think more satanic cults came out of the satanic panic because we got they made it look cool. (laughs) So this therapist called Barbara Snow, who also happened to be Teal Swan's therapist, her parents just despaired at how hypersensitive she was and um, sent her to many mystic people and also to Barbara Snow. Barbara Snow specialised in repressed memory therapy, which I think it's fair to say has been broadly debunked as utter garbage. I mean, I think there's there's little bits of it that are based in truth that people do tend to protect themselves from uncomfortable memories. But Mm. Barbara Snow specialised in getting children to admit to these elaborate and, dare I say, identical experiences of being abused in rituals held by satanic cults that included the eating of feces and the drinking of blood and these and the murdering of babies widespread neighborhood sexual abuse organized by these satanic cults which i think might have also drawn attention away from actual child sex, sexual abuse that was occurring and in yeah, right. none of these cases there's been a couple of unfair convictions separately but yeah there wasn't any evidence that these neighborhood satanic cults Mm. were operating or that they had killed any children or that anyone had so much as sniffed half a teaspoon of human feces when people are really supplanted by fear then someone like Barbara Snow coming in who's like a therapist so she's got this like again and this is the thing as well because we've been um kind of extolling the virtues of seeking professional help but what's hard about this is that not all therapists are born equal and some of them are people like Barbara Swan who seek to gain their own notoriety through what they consider to be their professional work. So, like, I again, with Barbara Swan, we don't know uh, Barbara Swan, Barbara Snow, far out. You made a portmanteau. Barbara Snow, also, some police were suspicious that all the children she interviewed, and she never recorded her interviews, all of the children were coming up with similar stories. So they actually planted some made-up features of satanic mm. cults. They were like, oh, Barbara, we, uh, we busted this cult recently and they were, and I'm just making this up, but they were snorting uh, dried-up rhino testicles and making kil- kids snort up rhino yeah. testicles. And from that point on, a couple of the kids she interviewed reported the fact that yeah. they'd been made to snort ground-up rhino testicles. So they planted some fake stuff and found that she was then eliciting those uh, those stories from children. So what I'm saying is that Barbara Snow made shit up and made children say things. And she and was Teal Swan's therapist. And Teal Swan says that she was abused for Ooh. about 12 or 13 years in satanic cult rituals. The, the shocking thing about Barbara Snow is that all that stuff happened in the 80s with Satanic Panic and there was a large kind of debunking of her after that. But she was still, and I believe she is still allowed to practice. I visited that- her website yesterday. <gasps> uh, there's a couple of quite interesting articles, one on HuffPost and one on uh, Aussie that mm. are about Teal Swan's alleged satanic cult abuse Mm. and that's the thing before she became a trauma therapist strong commas um she went on some tv shows and was interviewed about her allegations of ritual cult abuse and then Mm. she sort of went from that into becoming a healer but in the huff post she says 
When I was 12, I was placed on a metal table in a veterinary office after hours, says Teal. The cult trainer of the group had black mesh over his face. He hooked me up to electrodes, placing gel under each one, and used an old projector to project images of dead animal carcasses onto the wall in front of me. Every time he would change the slide on the projector screen, he would shock me. He kept saying, look what you did, over and over, trying to suggest that I had killed all of those animals. That what <laughs> reads very much like the kind of stuff that Barbara Snow elicited from children. Yes. And even right. details like placing gel under each one of the electrodes. It's like oh, someone, Barbara Snow or maybe even Teal Swan has just checked how to electrocute people. Yeah. And from the Aussie article, it says, during those 13 years, she alleges, she was raped, tortured, sewn into a corpse and forced to watch the murders of immigrant children. Jesus. Now, there wasn't, police did believe her stories and they investigated and they didn't find any evidence and that's what I'm going to say about that. But the sewn into a corpse thing. Oh, I can't find it, but I'll probably link to it on the Facebook page if I once I go and find it again. Someone mm. interviewed, I think, five morticians to ask if there was room for a 10-year-old in a corpse, mm-hmm. and there is not. No. You can't fit a little guy into a big guy. You can't do it. It's not like in Men in Black when there's that little man inside the man. It's like I have it on very strong authority that there's lots of stuff in there already. There's heaps of stuff. That kind I of do stuff. not want to make light of someone that claims they've been abused, but there are bits of the story that don't check out. I think we can agree that that sounds like, well, it's quite literally like something out of a Star Wars, like someone hiding in the corpse of something else. But then to have that memory repressed, and that's the thing, like everyone's got stuff that they might not remember or that is too painful to think about so they avoid thinking about it. But that kind of suppressing the memory of being sewn into the corpse of someone else seems like quite a big job. It really does. And for someone that has access to the Akashic Records, so everything that's ever been thought, known, said, (laughs) done, to forget that you were sewn into a corpse seems like quite a large gap in the Akashic Records. She says she knows she has the ingredients for a cult, but it's her ethics that uh, stop her from forming one. Uh, fair yeah. enough. Good on you. Great ethics. Right. Uh, great ethics selling suicidal people hoodies. I'll get to that. But she claims to have, I'm going to call them the three Claires, which sounds like <laughs> a high school clique, but clairvoyance, <laughs> clairsentience, and clairaudience. Clairvoyance is the whole perceiving things that we can't, you know, perceiving the future and that sort of thing. Clairsentience is being able to know information through feeling and energy. So like the guru version of a gut instinct. Okay. And clairaudience is the ability to hear what others can't, but usually from spirits. Bloody hippies. A Claire audience, an audience of Claire's, so many yeah. Claire's. But to have that kind of perception, to be that sensitive, allegedly, mm. to the point where she feels like she can hear things that other people can't because the spirits have chosen her to be some kind of vessel. However, she's so insensitive that she tells a man to leave his pregnant wife because their vibrations don't work yeah. together. And so, and also yeah. the, the habitual giver of non-specific answers to incredibly yeah. specific questions. Yes, My favourite yeah. bit is that she reckons she'd like to get into medicine because she's got a mm. gift for it because she can actually sense what your organs are doing right now. In the Gateway podcast, Uh, when she said that, that she could like, I can see your heart pumping, I can see the blood going through your veins, I can zoom in and I can see your DNA if you like. And he was like, okay, what did I have for breakfast? And she said it had wheat in it. And it's like, I'm sorry, you've just given us the impression you could outline 
you know, sketch from memory the outline of every single cornflake and you took a punt at it had wheat in it. That's so many things. So many things have wheat in it. We love wheat. This society is built on wheat. Yeah, it's like it doesn't take any special knowledge to know that. And that is a classic, well, fraudulent answer? Yeah, I think so. I think with people like that, their biggest desire is attention. I grew up in a family of nine people. I'm actually one of seven children, which wow. sounds... Wow. Sounds culty in and of itself. And I also have twins in the family. Um, <laughs> nice. Oh, you're blessed. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, we're blessed. I think one of the biggest things that's come from that is like an inability to give attention to someone who's really asking for it. And and I think this is a very, this is all my siblings feel the same way where if someone is demanding our attention, we're probably like less likely to hand it over because we're like, no, there are so many other people that also need attention. You're not the only person in the room. I feel like she wants me to argue with her because then she knows at least there's more <laughs> that I'm looking but at. It takes a lot of my shower arguments with you because you hear <laughs> so many of the arguments um, when you watch or listen to or read interviews with her. Mm. But if I was to say to her something like, I think you're absolutely full of shit, she would mm. definitely say something back into, let's look back into your childhood to see why mm. you're questioning me so aggressively. It would be a flaw on you that you yep. couldn't just accept that what she was saying. She'd be like, no, no, there's some reason as to why you're so broken that you can't open yourself up to this love. 100%. And she claims that everyone had trauma before the age of, I think it's either seven or eight, and that's when you have this trauma that, that you know, paves your path for the rest of your life. That And, again, that has its roots in science because they say that your first few years on the earth are the ones where a lot of stuff gets set up for you. That has its roots in science, which is why she's so dangerous, I think. She... Because there's a lot about what she says that can sound quite reasonable. And as I said, simple. Like, of course yeah. people don't remember this. Oh, of course I've got a trauma that I don't know about because it happened before I was seven. So, of course, I'm not going to have a good memory of it. I mean, I was she- mildly traumatised by how grumpy the blackboard on Mr. Squiggle was. But apart from oh, that, I'm fine. I was, uh, I was pretty scared of um, the return to Oz. <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. there's something it's just going through my notes and it's really hard to find the actual source of this so I'll just put it down as apparently mm. she said like she might have been formed by aliens yes from a star called Arcturus or Arcturus, Arcturus. and I looked it up and there's not a lot of info but she has like she does these things called frequency paintings which are the worst kind of Byron Bay oh markets uh, shit I've, ever. I've and they're supposed here. to do the vibrations that, you know, improve your life. But one of them is, I think it's called Arcturus. Mm-hmm. And the painting is of, apparently, the location of the planet in the Boots constellation that is home to the Arcturian race. It is slightly over, slightly over, Brianna, 36 wow. light years from our planet V.24.3 which is the name they use for Earth. The first thing I'll say is how dare you Arcturians give us such a dumb name. And apparently the people from this planet filled teal. They they intentionally made her beautiful. That was nice. So that it was, wasn't it, so that she could represent well, which is very much a mean girls thing, which is like, oh, so you agree? You agree that you're pretty? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's the same, the menswear shop I used to work for when I was at uni, I used to have a casual job there. They used to put the pretty girls, they'd be like, oh, can you do some work? Like just, you know, price these shirts, like at the front of the shop, they'd put the pretty girls up there. <laughs> so, were you one of the pretty girls? Yeah. Look, I got asked to do it once. So, so you agree. You think you're pretty. So I'm looking at the Arcturus, Arcturus painting now, and you're right. It is absolutely something that like someone's aunt would put in their bathroom above the toilet. Yes. 
She's written I, a bunch of books and I love the titles because they are they're the same. They're very it's very nimbin. It's this <laughs> the sculptor in the sky, shadows before dawn, the completion right. process, and the anatomy of loneliness. Oh. In like her interviews and stuff, she's asserted that her paintings actually emit their own vibrations and protect you. They emit their own sort of frequencies. And, like, again, we all have our own kind of habits that replicate this in some way. Like I might wear a particular dress because I feel really good in it or something like that. Mm. And that's what she would then sort of appropriate as, like, a self-love grid or something like that. So she's, like, I honestly think she is probably so smart because none of what she's doing is so far beyond regular human behaviour that people wouldn't be like, oh, that seems familiar to me. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's, she's definitely intelligent, which is kind of a shame because she could have used her powers for not <laughs> bullshit. But I have to assume that all of these cult leaders are intelligent in some way. The thing is, is that I remember before I listened to that podcast about Nexium, I mm. had ever felt in my life I've I've a lot of fears about a lot of things one of them is a global pandemic that's like my largest nightmare don't be ridiculous however what is interesting to me is before I listened to that Nexium podcast is one of the things I was never frightened of is being pulled into a cult I've always been like nah I, I know I'm I won't I assume that I won't because and then you realize that anyone could be literally anyone and I think the reason why is because in the Nexium cult so many of the people that got pulled in were actors who you know were sort of on the cusp of making it or hadn't quite made it or um would you know that just you know doing that actor slog like like so many of me and my friends do where we look for next gigs or make our own gigs they were all in that position and the cult leader correctly identified them as a vulnerable group of people who are looking for the answers or looking for stability. That, that kind of calculated move of her being like, all right, I'm going to find a particular vulnerable group of people. Who is it? People who are considering suicide and then leading them directly to her videos is A, nothing short of, I'm sorry, but that is genius. And B, it's also quite evil. Like it's just. That's the thing. Intelligence. Like if you have plus intelligence Mm. and minus ethics. Yes. You are a magnificent marketer. And minus empathy as well. That's the thing. She claims to have this kind of ability to tap into such deep empathy. She can hear what the trees are flipping saying. But at the same time, (laughs) she cares so little for those people who who are hurting so much and desperately need help that she's going to guide them to her videos. I mean, she has to believe in her own heart that they'll help them. It's such a self-absorbed mission. She it, has been milking um, the self-isolation thing a bit, and I think I, I sent you some oh screenshots God. of this oh. this morning. But uh, so she was like, while we're all stuck inside, here's a recipe for my summer salad, and I had to send screenshots to Brianna because I can't handle the way she holds knives. Her chopping oh. technique is terrible. It is a psychotic way of holding a knife I've never seen anyone do that before. I can only assume that she probably is part alien. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's how the aliens told her to do it. But I did go on her website and I had a look at some of her prices because I always try to look at how these things fund themselves. Yes. Can I go through some of her things? Do it, yeah. She just had a workshop. And it didn't have anything on the web, like it finished yesterday, I think. Really? And it didn't have anything on the website about it being closed down. I really hope it was, what? though. Just for in Costa Rica? Yeah. So I, I also looked at, so price-wise, there's a, there was a synchronisation workshop in Munich 
recently or coming up and the tickets range from like $39 to $199. If you pay more, you get to hang out a bit with Tia, which I think is walk near her. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of guided meditations that you can get online. Oh, they, they focus on different problems. So you meditate for different yeah. problems. One of them is called dissolving stuckness. <laughs> so I'm looking at it right now. So just so everyone can envision this, the image that is alongside the dissolving stuckness meditation is a little, you know, those wooden finger figures you get in art class to so you can figure out how to draw the human body, those yes. like bendable figures. There's one of those leaning over a pile of rocks and then on top of the wooden wooden body is another rock, like on their on the back of their head. We oh, can this is what stuckness looks and feels like. That is textbook stuckness. I've yeah, never seen someone so stuck. Can you see the womb healing meditation there? The womb healing one. You know how your womb is broken, Brianna, and mine is bro- actually mine is broken. I had it re- actually had it removed a few years ago. But okay, the womb healing meditation and yeah. the description of it is this meditation leads you through an inner journey deep into your own womb. Oh. I don't want to. That's no, meaty in there. Uh, in this powerful meditation for women, your womb is invited to appear as a unique garden so that you can gain awareness of your own unique feminine center and proactively begin to heal it. Can I just say, Teal, get the fuck out of my womb. Yeah, stay out of there. It's already busy enough. It feels like I'm either always ovulating or always menstruating. Stop it. That is the T-shirt. That's the second (laughs) T-shirt. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. My womb's busy. But I, oh, that gets me about a lot of spiritual healers as well, claiming they know my womb better than I do. Yes. And, again, it's that other thing of, like, this being very directed towards women, a lot of this stuff, particularly because our periods are so unique. Like, everyone's got their own thing going on. And because if you're a person who gets a period, you're likely to be confused by it at some stage because, you know, as you get older as well, it's going to look different and feel different. And so stuff like that is perfect for people who are freaking out about what's going on down there, particularly if they're potentially looking at having kids or worried about that area. It's, you know, you would never hear a wellness blogger make a meditation about going into a man's balls and taking a stroll around in there. That just wouldn't happen. That would be refreshing. (laughs) Uh, not for me. I'll take the shark semen, thanks. I'm staying. <laughs> Let's start our own wellness blog and it will be purely about healing your balls with yeah. shark semen. Yeah, that's right. I find this all so predatory. Oh, totally. But, but at the same time, again, I can, like, that's the thing. I'm such a big, big supporter. If, if you are going through anxiety and depression, like, stuff is going to make you feel better and you should like you should seek out people need to seek out stuff that is going to make them feel better but at the same time if you are someone as powerful and as smart as this person aggressively targeting the most vulnerable people in this group i i can't i can't sanction it as as something that makes people feel better it Look, just, you sound like you could do with some help brianna like maybe picking up some of uh teal's tarot cards for 39 dollars 90 on the back are Teal's shit paintings and on the front, uh, depending on whether you draw one the right way up or upside down, Mm -hmm. the reading Mm -hmm. will be different. Mm -hmm. And I did a free sample reading online. Did you? And I did. And it said to me, you are living and thinking inside of a box, which is true because I'm in self-isolation. It says you are suffering from personal containment. Get out of the routine of your life. I'm sorry, routine is all I have because (laughs) coronavirus. Uh, You can also buy stickers of her shit paintings from $3. You can buy prints of her shit paintings between $14 and $60. And you can buy frequency clothing 
which it's it's basically clothes with her shit paintings on them. So you can get a bomber jacket, a teal swan bomber jacket for 75 bucks just to help you yeah. with your suicidality. Yeah, you can get a backpack that will cure your depression. Hey, tuna covers, tapestries, water bottles, mugs, magnets, beach towels. <laughs> From where you are, can you see any of her calligraphy, Brianna? Yes. Her calligraphy, which is just these Instagram quotes. Yeah. But if you're looking at some now, does that look like A, someone who knows how to do calligraphy, or B, someone that has never held a paintbrush before? I'm just looking. I'm looking at her shop. Is it under handwritten quotes? Handwritten quotes. Yes. Yes. Okay. And you can get them on tote bags, mugs, bandanas, etc. Oh dear. That looks like the kind of writing someone those um like adult men do on their skateboards. There's also like there's a you can get these bundles of meditations and courses and stuff. Mm. And they're for a couple of hundred dollars. There's a sexual healing e-course, nothing to mm. do with Marvin Gaye. And apparently it's designed, I hate this, it's designed for people who have experienced sexual abuse. Do not go on the second page from a place where you can buy a fucking fluorescent hoodie to help you with sexual abuse. And it's $269. Let's just cancel that entire page. Oh, my God. That is so It's gross. I'm looking at her meditation aid phone case, the same shop that sells a phone case or a tote bag or a meditation aid carry-all patch can also apparently heal quite deep abuse that, like, will affect somebody so deeply and so profoundly. It's insulting to me. Oh, totally. I think as a general life rule, go to different – if the place that you're going to help you heal from trauma has merch – Go somewhere else. <laughs> it's exactly that. She's quite literally profiting off people's abuse and it's not all right. Because if you are depressed because of something awful that has happened to you, then, of course, if someone's offering you a package that you can buy for $269 that claims to be able to fix it, like if you're in that situation and you're feeling that low and that desperate, of course that's going to seem desirable. It's so unfair to people who need help chronic sufferers of anxiety and depression are such a vulnerable group in that way because once you felt it you'll do literally anything to not feel that way again and she's offering these kind of like quite literally packages (laughs) that that claim to be able to fix it I so mm. one of her videos is called what to do if you are suicidal and in it I mean she plugs her book in it one of her books in it Just really, really Mm. separate helping people and making money from people. I mean, I know that you pay therapists and things, but Mm. they make that's their profession, that's making a living. If they also, if your therapist is also trying to sell you their book, go to a different therapist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of exhausted, but I could talk about this with you forever. But I just, are there any random facts we've missed? Random, random, random facts. I'm talking random facts. I'm talking random facts about cults and that. Cults and that. That is the most perfect thing I've ever heard. The, The fact that, you know, she refers to suicide as a reset is probably one of the more concerning things to me clearly she believes in I guess reincarnation is that kind of I I don't think there's anything that her audiences might believe in that she doesn't claim to believe in if you know what I mean like sure reincarnation yeah add it to the pile yeah it's uh like a really harrowing look at how easily people can tap into someone else how many husbands does she have five four but one of them is her business manager four I don't know but she's she claims that she's not very good in relationships and I can relate because I'm not but I don't sell hoodies I did jot down some of my favorite quotes of hers although I 
Oh, how many, how much time did you spend watching her videos? I haven't actually watched too many. They're hard um, to watch. They're boring. They're, they're they're boring, and I I find I found them too cringy. There was from a video called Tutorial for Life. There was one quote from her where she said, "If you're afraid of terrorism, find the terrorist within you," which Come is kind of. which is kind of homeopathic terrorism like cures like oh my god can the third t-shirt be homeopathic terrorism yes (laughs) but don't okay if you're afraid of terrorism please do not find the terrorist within you yeah also if you're afraid of terrorism I'm jealous of you because I wish I was afraid of anything but the pandemic right now yes (laughs) But that's the thing. Ter- it's a very bad time for terrorists because no one's gathering in large groups. Yeah. and uh, no Except on St Kilda Beach. St Kilda Beach already looks like it's been attacked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> from her stance on suicide video, she says, every time I hold trainings, I have psychologists and psychiatrists who are flocking to these trainings of mine, trying to learn new approaches for mental illness. Mm-hmm. That's not true. No. And my my final quote from her, and she's referring to her time in the cult. She said, after I escaped, I had no life skills other than skiing. What? <laughs> she was a competitive skier. What? <laughs> and I just think, look, if you are involved in an imaginary ritualistic satanic cult, just keep practicing your skiing. What is happening? <laughs> Look, I'm spiritually spent. I'm spiritually spent as well. I might need to invest in one of these restoring my vibrations meditations packs. I assume that she sells. I feel like that's one of her titles without even looking at them. I think so. I'm going to pop off and do some calligraphy. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for talking about Teal with me and especially for sitting through. I like that we kept in constant contact while we were researching and trying to figure out a date to do this, mostly just with rage. It was, I couldn't turn away. It's just, it's so infuriating because that's the thing I know she wants my attention. She's got it. The one thing she doesn't have is my precious, precious vibrations. (laughs) No one can take those away from me. And in closing, I guess there's uh, not much else to say except big black boots, long brown hair. She's so sweet with her get back stare. Join a cult. Don't join a cult. Don't do it. You've been listening to Zealot, produced by me, Joe Thornley, in a sterile environment. My co-host for this episode was Brianna Williams, who can see what you had for breakfast. Further reading and more vibrations than you could possibly use in a day can be found on the Zealot Facebook page. And music is by the Everglades, an essential service. (coughs) Cult.